First and foremost, uh, tonight, uh, who, the one who's going to kick it off uh, is uh, Pastor Sergio Romo. Well, Pastor Richard, Sister Nancy, thank you so much for uh, being there for us, for my family and I. We really appreciate all that you've done. And uh, we want to thank the Norwalk Church also for just supporting us and, and being there. We uh, feel your prayers and we thank you so, so much. What a what a wonderful church uh, the Norwalk Church is and our fellowship. And so I just want to start off and tell you thank you so much for all of that. Uh, looking forward to hearing Pastor Pete soon as I get through, so I'll, I'll make it short. Uh, I'm looking forward to hearing from Pastor Pete, so uh, uh, we'll we'll get on with it here. But uh, Pastor Richard called me up probably a, a week or so ago and, and told me about their fresh um, summit and uh, asked if I could say a few words. And, of course, I, I said yes. I was real honored to, to be able to do that. And uh, after uh, I found out, I sat down for a few minutes and was thinking about refresh and um, what that means, you know, and immediately what came to my mind, first of all, was the Eastern Sierra Mountains. Uh, every year, probably for the last 40, 45 years, my family and I uh, go up to the Eastern Sierra Mountains. We go fishing uh, the streams up there. It's a beautiful, beautiful place to visit. Uh, we try to get up there. Well, we have gotten up there just about every year for a few days and do just that. I put all my fishing gear on. Um, I get my cap on, uh, get my fishing poles out, and uh, go out in the middle of the stream. If you've ever seen those magazines where there's a guy all decked out in his fishing gear, looks like an idiot, uh, standing in the middle of a stream on a rock, uh, that's me. That's where I get refreshed at. And so when Pastor Richard mentioned refresh, I thought of me looking stupid in the middle of a stream fishing, but that's me. Um, and I know there's other men there and other families that enjoy that same area up there in the eastern Sierras, and uh, it's just a nice place to be. And so I was thinking, um, what do you think? What refreshes you? Uh, when you think of that word refresh, what comes to your mind? You know, there's things that we instantly think about. There's things that uh, when we think refresh, most of the things we think of are things that instantly gratifies us that uh, immediately comes to our mind. Uh, maybe it's, you know, uh, food. Actually, that's another thing that gratifies me. But uh, as you can tell, I put on a few pounds the last time I saw you. Um, um, no excuses. I had a good time doing it. But nevertheless, there's things that satisfy all of us, uh, things that refreshes us. And so uh, what, can, what comes to your mind when you think of that word refresh? You know, but, but this week, we're going to be looking at these next couple of days, when it comes to the word refresh, uh, we're going to be looking at what um, God's perspective is as far as refresh is concerned, because God's refreshing is, is not temporary. God's refreshing is always longstanding. It always pushes us forward. And so uh, that's what we need to think about. And that's what we're going to learn about these next few days. Uh, God's refreshing. God's what and what what that means to us as far as our relationship with Christ, because God's refreshment uh, always maintains our momentum for the things of God, always keeps us moving forward. Again, 
Our refreshment, human refreshment, is only temporary. God's refreshment is eternal. But especially now, because it keeps us moving forward. It's, it's momentum. And, and that's what this summit is going to be all about, giving us tools to keep going forward, to maintain our momentum in the things of God. Genesis chapter 18, verse 5, says these words. It says, let me get you something to eat. And why does he want to get us something to eat? The scripture goes on, it says, so you can be refreshed and then go on your way. So that we can be refreshed and go on our way. And so this week, we're going to get something that's going to refresh us. And the point of that is so that we can go on our way. Psalm chapter 19, verse 7 in the Amplified Bible says, The law of the Lord is perfect. It says the law of the Lord is flawless. And it this is what it does, the scripture says. It says it, re it restores and refreshes the soul. And again, these are things to keep us moving forward that maintains our momentum. But for us to be refreshed, we first need to take inventory of what's holding us back. What is it that, that stops us from moving forward? What is it that, that slows our momentum down as we find ourselves wanting to serve God? The, and we need to be honest about these things that are holding us back. We need to be honest. In, in our walk with Christ, there's always times when we have to stop and be honest about these things. Are, are the things that we are involved in right now, the things that we are involved in, are these things guiding us towards Christ? Are they pulling us back? Are they pulling us back? Are they stopping us from serving God the way God wants us to serve Him? And so, be brutally honest with yourself. Be brutally honest these next few days. Take inventory of your life and see what it is that God would want you to do. But church, let me say this. These things that you're thinking about right now, maybe some things that are holding you back. Let me tell you something. These things are not the problem. I know we think they are, but many times they're not. They're not the things that are holding you back. But the real problem is, is sometimes, uh, or somewhere along the line, we um, misplaced our commitment. We misplaced our commitment for the things of God. We have misplaced our commitment on the road that God set us on. Each and every one of us, if we call ourselves Christians, God put us on a path. God put us on a road to go forward. And he gives us tools and equips us to keep going down that road. But for all of us, throughout our Christianity, there's times when we misplace that. We, mis we misplace our commitment to the road that God has set us on. And that's what we need to look at this week. It's what we need to look at and, and be honest about. Now, I'm not talking about our commitment as a mom or a dad. I'm not talking about our commitment as an employer or an employee or, or being a student. These things are given. These things are things we're supposed to do. Whether you're a Christian or not, you should be a good mom. You should be a good dad. You should be a good student. You should be a good employee. Whether you're a Christian or not, these things are given. These things we should always do. But I'm talking about our commitment to the things of God. Our commitment to the things of God. In the next couple of days, God wants to interrupt your life. In the next couple of days, God wants to disrupt your life. Because that's necessary. It's always necessary for God to step in and disrupt those things that we're doing in order to keep us going in the right direction. And to be disrupted is to know that God has a message for you. 
When God disrupts your life, it means he has something for you. It means he has a purpose for your life. And so when you find yourself disrupted, especially this week, understand God has a message. You know, I learned many, many years ago, if I walked away from any preaching, if I walked away from any men's discipleship, if I walked away from any leaders meeting or any conference or any summit, if I walked away from these things and didn't learn anything, then I wasn't listening to what the message God had for me. Then I wasn't paying attention. Every message, every sermon, every teaching, there was something there that God wanted to put in my heart. There was something there that God wanted to put in my life to keep the momentum going in my life for the things of God. And so if I walked away and said, well, that was a good message, yeah, that was good, but there wasn't anything there for me, then I wasn't listening, then I wasn't paying attention. So what you need to do right now, every single person that is in this church, every person that is paying attention to this summit, make a commitment right now that whatever the message is that God has for you during this summit, you will hear it and you will apply it to your life. Position yourself to receive it. We have to have our minds, our hearts, our spirit open to receive what God has for us. And so make that commitment right now to do that. Do that. And I don't care what your title is tonight. You know, sometimes we come to these summits. Sometimes we come to our conferences. Sometimes we come to leaders meetings or whatever it may be. And because I'm a pastor or because we're a ministry leader, we think, well, that's for other people. No. You may be involved in ministry. You may be involved in one ministry, two ministries, three ministries. You could be on the church staff. It just doesn't matter. You could you could be a business owner. That's not what God's talking about tonight. You could be a leader in your job. You could be the star employee in your job. That doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We need to remind our mind. We need to remind our spirit. We need to remind our heart that God is more important than all of these things, than all of these things. So let me end with this. God has set these next couple of days to refresh your faith. God has set these next couple of days aside to reset and refresh your commitment to the things of God. God wants to begin a fresh work in your life. And again, doesn't matter how long you've been saved. Doesn't matter what your title may be. God, throughout my Christianity, has always brought me to a place where I had to be refreshed. And sometimes I didn't even realize it. Sometimes I thought I was okay. But I learned along the way to listen to what God was trying to say. I always learned to allow God to disrupt my life and to speak to my heart. And because of that, I was able to stay saved day after day, month after month, year after year, decade after decade. Yeah, I'm old now, but nevertheless, God has kept me. So tonight, let's start the summit by asking this. Ask God this, is there anything in my heart that needs to be uninstalled so that you can install something in its place? God wants to remove from your heart, from your mind, from your spirit, something this week. And when he does that, he installs something better. And so we need to set ourselves to a place 
to where, where we are ready to receive whatever it is that God has for us. We miss all of you guys. Miss you. And uh, looking forward to seeing you. Um, I'll be very honest. I, I get to see a lot of you every week. Uh, the only ones I don't get to see during the week is my wife and I, we, we watch the uh, sermons online every Wednesday, every Sunday. The only ones we are not able to see are those that are not making the altar call. Make the altar call. And uh, But uh, everybody on the platform, all of you men that are preaching, great messages you've been preaching. And I really appreciate that. For those uh, that are not able to attend the church services, you have no idea how important that is for people to be able to participate in the services uh, online. And so we thank you for that. Pastor Richard, Sister Nancy, love you guys, man. Really, really love you and miss you. You guys have a great night. I'm looking forward to hearing Pastor Pete. Uh, Pastor Pete, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing from you. I know you got a great word for the church tonight. All of you have a good night. See you soon. God bless you. All right. Praise God. Excellent word uh, tonight. Thank you, Pastor Sergio. We so, so appreciate that. Now, we have Pastor uh, Pete Gutierrez, who's going to be speaking to us all the way live from Managua, Nicaragua. There he is. Awesome, Pastor Pete. Thank you, Pastor Richard, for this great opportunity. Pastor Sergio, thank you for that word of encouragement. I really, uh, please receive greetings from Iglesia Nueva Cosecha here in Nicaragua and my family, my wife, Sureya. And thank you for this great, great opportunity to be refreshed together with you uh, at this uh, summit. And uh, well, tonight uh, I wanna take uh, a few minutes and to be honest, this is a great, great privilege. Again, I cannot stress my gratitude to Pastor Richard and to the Norwalk Church and the fellowship. And well, first of all and foremost, God, thank you for this opportunity. So, so speaking about um, refreshing, Pastor Sergio just mentioned something that, that uh, stuck with me from the beginning. I want to thank God for... Uh, my salvation for the by the grace of God been saved uh, for over 31 years just accepted the Lord at that church on a Friday night um, Friday night uh, it was awesome April 10th 1992 and uh, it, it's just a blessing and a privilege to be here so so this evening if you brought your Bibles, uh, I would like for you to turn to 1 King chapter 13. 1 King chapter 13. I'm going to have to ask you to excuse me. I've been reading the Bible in Spanish for 30 years, so I might sound a little different when I, when I mention some of the names of the Bible, but it's okay. you got your own Bible there with you. So I believe that uh, over these years, these three decades uh, that I've learned, uh, what I've learned uh, from the things of God, I've learned from, from our pastors. And, and these conferences, these summits are here to bring refreshing. Actually, every service that 
we have should bring refreshing. And also in, in being in these services, I've learned that, that uh, prophecy, prophecy has been a very big part. And so please bear with me as I share a little bit about prophecy. Uh, because why prophecy? Because God, our God is a God of purpose. And he brings direction to our lives through prophecy, the word of God. Now, I know what you're thinking. Maybe some of you are thinking about a word of prophecy from someone, which is good. There's no problem with that. But the prophecy that you and I have received, that it can be sure, that it can be trusted 100%, it's here in the word of God. It's here in the word of God. So there is prophecy. People give a word of prophecy to you, a word of encouragement, a word that might bring direction to your life. But let me just again mention, it is the word of God that should give us direction. It is the word of God that should bring refreshing to our lives. And the word of prophecy gives us direction. Now in the Bible, there is so much prophecy to, to look at and a lot of it, we don't have to question it. For example, we all know as a church of the Lord that the Lord is coming soon. The Lord is coming soon, and that is a prophecy that cannot be denied. Uh, it's a sure thing. Also, uh, now when it comes to prophecy, it gives us direction. But I remember the very first time where I, when I received a word a prophecy, a word of encouragement, a word of direction. As a matter of fact, I had spoken to Pastor Sergio about it. I was, I don't know, a couple of months, few months in the Lord. And Pastor Sergio, I never, I never forgot uh, what he told me. You know, whenever you receive a word, whenever you receive something, and, and you know, you think it comes from the Lord, you must wait on it because everything that comes from God will come to pass. And that was something that stuck to me from the beginning. So being, being in the Lord and receiving a word, receiving a word of encouragement, receiving a word of prophecy, it was something that really was, um, uh, to me, brought refreshing. Now prophecy in the Bible, we can, be, we can trust it. We can trust it. In in second in first Kings chapter thirteen, interesting, there is a word that was prophesied on this book. Now we all know that uh, uh, that Kings, as uh, we learn, book of Kings is a book that is just one book before it was organized. The Bible, the book of Kings, was um, just one book, and. There is a prophecy here that is fulfilled. And let me just read a few verses of scripture on First King chapter 13. So a man of God came to Judah to Bethel, Bethel by revelation from the Lord while Jehoboam was standing beside the altar to burn incense. The man of God cried out against the altar by revelation from the Lord Altar, altar, this is what the Lord says. A son will be born to the house of David named Josiah, and he will sacrifice on you the priest of the high places who burn incense on you. Human bones will be burned on 
you. And he gave a sign that day, and he said, This is the sign that the Lord has spoken. The altar will now be ripped apart, and the ashes that are on it will be poured out. On 2 Kings chapter 23, verses 12 and 14, this prophecy came to pass. Now, sometimes we read the scripture and, you know, we just move from one book to the other. But this prophecy was fulfilled not three years later, not ten years, but according to what we read and, and found out, this prophecy was fulfilled three hundred years later. So the prophecy that comes from God will be fulfilled. The prophecy, the word that gives, that is given by God will be fulfilled. And now you can read 2 Kings. Well, let's look at it real, real quick. 2 Kings chapter, 2 Kings chapter 23, just a couple of verses. 2 Kings chapter 23, um, verse 12 and 14. Verse 12 and 14. And just bear with me for a little bit. I will, we will talk about how this can refresh our lives as the church of God nowadays. The, now, Second Kings chapter 23, verse 12. And the king tore down the altar that were on the roof uh, at upper chamber that the king Judah had made and the altars that the Manasseh bad in the two courtyards of the Lord's temple. Then he smashed them to uh, there and threw their dust into Kidron Valley. And king, the king also defiled the high places where across from Jerusalem to the south and the Mount of Destruction which King Solomon of Israel had built for Ashtoreth and the, the detestable idol of the Sidonians for Chemosh, the detestable idol of Moab, and for Milcom, the abomination of the Ammonites. And he broke the sacred pillar to pieces, cut, cut down the Ashtoreth's pole, and filled their places with human bones. So the prophecy given there in 1 Kings fulfilled 300 years later. So the word of God, it is something we can trust. It is something we can trust, the word of prophecy. God also told Gideon. Remember Gideon's on the book of Judges, chapter 6, verse 12? God told Gideon, he told him, um, the Lord is with you mighty man or mighty warrior. Now we know this story. Gideon was no man of valor. He was no man of, he was not a warrior. He was hiding. He was, he was working, uh, hiding to get the food for his family. And, but God speaks to us. God speaks to us in such a way that uh, he knows us. He knows what's inside of us. Uh, and God is a God of purpose. We serve a God of purpose. And he's constantly reminding us uh, that we are his people. We are the body of Christ. Jesus Christ being the head, 
so we need to realize that in order to be refreshed, we need to come back to what the calling is, to what God wants us to do. And that is what's truly what, what's going to bring to us refreshing. One last example of prophecy. We all know the story of Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. When God called Jeremiah, he said, I called you from your mother's womb. I had a calling for your life. And just so we can get the scripture correct, please come with me to, go with me to Jeremiah chapter 1. On verse 5, the Lord told um, Jeremiah, I chose you before I formed you in the womb, and I set you apart before you were born. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Brothers and sisters, God had a plan for us even before we were born. God does not, uh, he does not think, he doesn't do things just because he has nothing to do. He brought you to this conference. He brought you to this summit. He brought me here to speak to you over 2,000 miles away. 2,000 miles away. But God had us, had this appointed time for us to speak about his purpose in order to be refreshed, to refresh that calling, to refresh what he has done for us. Now, when we see these examples, that God is a, the God of purpose, that God is a God that uh, he doesn't do things just because he feels like it. You know, when God called the church, he called the church to do his work. As I just mentioned, we are the body of Christ. Jesus is the head. And, you know, one of the things that I've learned over the years, that God wants to use each and every one of us, each and every one of you that is sitting down in that beautiful building, each and every one of us that are, um, that are listening to God's word, God has a purpose. God has a purpose uh, for you and I. You know, there is, there, there is, there is a purpose. God, God wants us to be on getting busy on what he has for us. Now, there's a calling for us, each and every one of us. Now, not everybody's called to preach behind the pulpit, but all of us are called to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. As a church, I've learned that God has called you and I to do two main things. That is, to preach the good news of salvation and to make disciples. Now, I have found this to be one of the most refreshing things in my life as a Christian, as a son of God, as a child of God. And you know, we need, we need to do uh, that precisely. Now, I remember that um, as I was preparing for this, the Lord just brought to my attention when, you know, I was born, as most of you know, if not all of them, I was born here in Nicaragua, but uh, during that time, a few years later, there was a war, civil war that broke out, and my parents took me to the U.S., and I lived in the LA area, precisely in Anaheim, and um, 
and this, this is interesting. I was raised over there, learned the language, and um, what happened was that um, I made my bad decisions uh, for my life as a young teenager, but not only God used that to bring me to a place of salvation, and it interesting ended up in a church, Norwalk Church. I was sitting in the back row, the very back row, the second seat to the last, and I remember, uh, all I remember that someone came up to me and led me to the Lord. So God has a plan and a purpose for our lives, but we need to prepare. I remember sitting down many times, waiting on God, waiting on God, but it was at a conference like this that I remember one of the speakers said, if you believe you have a calling in your life, then you must prepare. God is not going to give you a place for preaching if you don't read the Bible. You have to prepare for what the Lord has for you. And it was interesting that uh, how God was moving in our lives. Um, I was running the streets in my city, and God was raising up a woman. She was raised in the things of God, my wife, Sudeya. And how God just connected us years later, years later, and but I had to go through that process of being trained, of being disciplined, taking out all of what the world has molded inside of me. Pastor Sergio said something about uh, just uh, taking out something and putting back that thing that we need to, we need to allow that God can change our lives. When, when the Lord raised raised us there at New Harvest, I did not know really what God had in uh, plans for our lives. But I, I made a decision. I told the Lord, well, Lord, I'm going to start preparing. I'm going to start seeking you. I'm going to start uh, having that discipline um, that I need. Whether he wants to use me or not, that's up to him. But I want, I want, I want God to have someone that is ready, prepared to do the work of the ministry. You know, church, God did not save you and I just to sit in the church. God did not save you and I just because, you know, yes, he wants us to go to heaven. He wants us to have a life, abundant life. But remember this, you and I are the Lord's, the Jesus, Jesus Christ's body. Jesus needs his body to function. We, he needs our feet to take the gospel to those people that are in need. He needs our mouth. He needs us to open our mouth so he can fill it with the word of life, with the words of salvation, because this is really what the world needs. He, this world needs Jesus Christ. How many of you can say amen? We need the word of God. The world needs the word of God. The world doesn't know what it needs. The world doesn't even uh, doesn't even ha have any idea what uh, what they're doing or what they need. We need to prepare. We need to prepare. Proverbs chapter twenty one. Proverbs chapter twenty one. We need to prepare. There's a scripture very that really caught my attention. Proverbs 21, verse 31. 
says this. A horse is prepared for the day of battle, but victory comes from the Lord. A horse is prepared for the day of battle, but victory comes from the Lord. See, we can make plans for our lives. We can make plans. This is what I want to do when we grow up. So say the youth. This is what I want to do. I want to study. I want to go to college. I want to get a start a business. Whatever it is that you have planned. But at the end, those of you that are now adults know that we have plans as young men and women. We have plans. But a lot of the plans don't turn out the way we think they ought. This scripture really caught my attention when it says that the horses are prepared for the day of battle, but the victory comes from the Lord. A couple of things here. It is very simple. God wants you to get ready. Now, I believe there are many people that are called to be pillars around the church. Pillars, what I mean by pillars, people that need to support this ministry, people that need to uh, that with their finances need to give in order that the gospel will continue to uh, to advance in this world that needs it so much. There's also people we need in the churches that are involved in ministry. You can be usher, you can be working with children, and that is preparing you for your calling. But there's also people that are called for the mission fields. There's, you know, I am here, brothers and sisters, because of, because of what I heard preached through this fellowship. I am here this evening because of what I had heard, the calling of God in my life through the voices of men and women of God in this fellowship. And, you know, by the grace of God, I have to say this, by the grace of God, we answer the call because honestly, we did not know what we were doing at first. But the Lord allowed us to prepare those two and a half years, first two and a half years of uh, being involved in the men's home. Really, really, uh, it's, it's still in my heart so much that 30 some years later, I'm still talking about it. The disciplines that we learned in the church, being faithful to church, being faithful in giving, being faithful in working for the things of God. I, I can't imagine what has been taking place for the last two, three weeks in that church, preparing for this summit. Well, I, I can't say I can't imagine because I know there's a lot of work involved since I was there. So prepare yourself. You want to be refreshed? Prepare yourself to serve God. Prepare yourself with the word of God that will lead you. The word of God will not leave you nor forsake you because Jesus is the word of God. Now, when you and I are prepared, God has something to work with. God has something to work with when you and I prepare our lives. I know that there is people sitting down in this summit that have a call to do more for God. Now, this is something that you have to answer. This is something that you have to respond to the Lord. But in the meanwhile, while that takes place, you know, you need to prepare and God will give you the victory. 
Now, why do I say all of this? Why do I speak about prophecy? Because God, whatever he says, he will fulfill. Why do we speak about getting prepared? Because God is a God of purpose. Again, God does not call us to just sit in the church and do nothing. God wants us to be involved. Brothers and sisters, we're in the last days. Now I wish, you know, for a long time, Pastor Richard can tell you, for a long time we've been longing to be there with you, but God has not allowed us to be with you. But I believe one day he will let us be there with you in person. Now, even though there was, I have to say, I will not mention any names, there was a, a brother that suggested I go to the border and he'll pick me up in TJ, but I said, no, brother. <laughs> God has a, a purpose. God has plans for us. And you know what? When you are in God's place, when you are where God wants you to be, there will be refreshing. And I believe refreshing is coming to you today because this is a conference, this is a summit that God is going to challenge you. God is going to call you. God is going to remind you that he has a place for you to be refreshed all the time. And finally, Acts chapter 3, verse 19. Acts chapter, nine, three, nine, chapter 3, verse 19. And of course, this word was being preached by one of the apostles, This is what the world needs. You know, the world, there's so many things going on in the world today. And people, I mean, we understand vacation. We understand uh, having a time of, Pastor Sergio spoke about right now about fishing. I, 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 you know, we, we don't go fishing around here. You know, this, we do something else. We go hunting. <laughs> but lately, in the last five years, uh, we can't do this activity uh, for different reasons that are going on here in Nicaragua. But uh, we do enjoy going out into the woods every now and then and just get away from everything. But you know what? When we've done this, uh, we go back home and sometimes we feel, we feel refreshed. Others, not so much. But it's when we are involved in God's work, even though we're tired, we're tired many times, even though we, you know, don't feel like going to church. But when we finally make that decision, when we are in the midst of fellowship, we encourage one another once we see each other. We encourage one another when we start worshiping God as a body. We encourage one another when we hear the word of God and we bless one another. That's something we do here in our church. We have that custom of saying, God bless you, but not as, you know, a salutation or what, as we say commonly, we say hello. We really try to mean it because people down here really need God's blessing. Believe me, those of you that have been here um, know what I'm talking about. In Acts chapter 3, verse 19, just to finish it off, 
the word that the apostle was sharing was to the people that were listening to God's word. And after he was explaining to them what was going on, what happened to Jesus, God, verse uh, 17, uh, he's finishing it off. He's saying, and now brothers, I know that you did it in ignorance, speaking about when they crucified Jesus, just um, as your leaders also did, but God predicted through the mouth of all the prophets that his Messiah will suffer, he has fulfilled it in this way. And verse 19 says, therefore repent and turn back so that your sins may be wiped out that season of that season of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. The world wants, desire to be refreshed. And whether they know it or not, believe it or not, accept it or not, the only way a person is going to be refreshed in the world is as repentance comes into their hearts. Now, as a church, we need to learn to fulfill God's calling, God's will, God's purpose. Because again, remember, God is a God of purpose. This is no coincidence. This is no coincidence. God is not a God of coincidence. God is a God of purpose. We thank God for technology that we are able to share what God has placed in our hearts. Remember, God wants to use you. You want to be refreshed? Well, stay the whole time in this summit, but also remember, fulfilling God's calling in your life, fulfilling God's purpose in your life, that will bring refreshing, even in the midst, even in the midst of uh, trials, tribulations, whatever it is that you and I as Christians uh, go through. And we do go through trials. So church, think about this. Think about when God called each and every one of you. You're there for a reason. We're all here for a reason. You are here because God called you, first of all, to salvation. And now that we're saved, now that we're born again, going to heaven, waiting on the Lord, God is calling his body to act. God is, wants those feet to move, take the gospel as we have been doing uh, for uh, personally for the last 31 years. My DNA, by God's grace, is what God has given new harvest, new harvest. Let me just say that we're having uh, revival with some of our children. The Lord has opened doors to go into the schools and get these children and get them involved in the Royal Rangers. That's, that is impressive what God is doing. What are you going to do? Are you still going to sit down? Well, think about that. You know, I know that there's a lot of work to do in the church and the things of God. And while you think about this, maybe you are there tonight and uh, you were invited. For some reason, you ended up there. Let me just say this. You uh, are not there by mere coincidence. That person that invited you is not a coincidence. God has a purpose for your life. God, there is a purpose. There is something that God has for you in order to save thousands of people. 
in order to speak to thousands of people. There's people there that are going to be speaking to the youth of this generation. You know, uh, I, I, I wish I could do that. You know, I'm going to be 50 years old this, this, this year. And what the youth are doing is so different from what I was doing when I was a young man. But you know what? You are there and God has a purpose. Maybe you're here, you don't know Christ. You don't know the Lord as personal savior. You probably don't even know what I just said for the last 30 minutes. But you know what? It's going to make sense soon. Why don't you just go ahead and give your life to Jesus? Open up your heart and give your life to the Lord. God bless you.